0: Portions of this program may be pre-recorded. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2,
1: 1, 0, all engines running, commit lift off. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary. It is Thursday, September 17th. Hard to believe it's already middle of September and almost the end of 2020. Man, we are just cooking through this year. I'm so glad you're joining us today, and uh, we are on guest Thursday. If you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh we have a warrior in here today. I've known this young man. I call him a young man he's He's young that. to me, but he's not yeah. really young anymore. He's got four kids, he said, and uh continuing to uh enlarge the kingdom uh through yeah. uh creation like right having exactly. babies but uh, uh Trey Brunson is no stranger to this city uh Trey has uh served here on staff down at First Baptist Church. His dad, of course Mac Brunson. And I remember when I first moved back here uh, from being in Texas, I got connected with Trey, and, uh, and my son went out to DBU, which where yeah. Trey went, and uh, you know there was just a lot of commonality there. And um, I, I was mentored by a guy named Steve Ferrard that I know <laughs> Trey had a, a special heart for, and another guy Tommy Nelson too yes. that uh, Trey knows and. So I'm just so glad, Trey, that God brought you back here for me personally just to to connect again. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming back to Jacksonville and accepting that job. You are the multi-site pastor at the church of 1122.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am. And still figuring out what that means. Yeah,
1: (laughs) well, uh, and you know, what's funny is you, you actually came to a little smaller church, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you were up <laughs> at Southeast, which yeah. people think 1122 is hu- huge with the multi-site campus, but Southeast Christian. I have friends that go up yeah. there. Did you ever meet Tom Reed? On, yeah, my buddy, the Harrier and, guy.
2: Uh, um, uh, Brandon Breeze. I was trying to think. you yeah, he talked was him an elder. Yeah, yeah, he was
1: an elder up there, and yeah. so we we all flew Harriers together. Uh, Tom and Patty just went to Israel with us in. Uh, in uh january this past year gosh doesn't january seem like so long ago
2: (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't when you just said we're almost at the end of 2020 i thought oh my goodness i cannot believe another year is almost over yeah it's just getting older yeah i think
1: so (laughs) well the last time i saw you we were eating wings in a restaurant up in louisville yeah and uh we uh we were up there visiting tom and patty got
2: connected with greg gilbert
1: did you get to spend much time with him up there
2: my sister used to work with greg when he was uh dr moeller's assistant so i've known greg before he was dr gilbert so. yeah he's a great guy too <laughs> he's
1: been one of our too thanks to you you know one of the things that i was talking to a guy earlier today about is you are a connector yeah god has given you a gift um to be able to connect dots between yeah. needs yeah and people that can meet those needs and yeah. and it isn't that a great feeling when you see stuff yeah. like that happen yeah
2: I, there are times when someone will ask for something and I'll think, there's no way this is going to work. I had a buddy, Scott Dawson is an evangelist, uh, does a huge youth conference in Pigeon Forge and uh, the end of December and then a second week, first strength week. Strength to stand, in- right? Yeah, strength yeah. to stand. Yeah. So he called me last fall and said, hey, he had John Christ was going to be one of his headliners. And The comedian
1: every- from Facebook,
2: right? The comedian, <laughs> yeah, And with everything John was going through, he had to find someone to replace him. Well,
1: just real quick, uh, a lot of people may not know him by name, but there's a guy who does all sorts of satirical comedy sketches about church. Yes, he's hilarious.
2: Yeah, one of the funniest. uh, And he
1: was a Christian comedian, or comedian who was a Christian. But John went through some struggles. Uh, He had some poor choices, like everybody does, because we're all broken. Uh, and he had to step off that tour, right? Yeah. And, and so, tell us what happened.
2: Cancelled his tour, and I think he had a Netflix special and a book deal. And he just paused. And I appreciate when Christians say, "I have things in my life I need to address. I'm going to pause." I mean, you could. I don't have a Netflix special, and I don't have a book coming out anytime. <laughs> to pause those things, that had to cost him a lot mm-hmm. in order to address things in his heart. Um, I I appreciated that, but it led to Scott saying, hey, I need a headliner. Will you call Tim Tebow? Well, the same weekend he needed, that guy was the exact same weekend Tim was getting married in South Africa. Tim said if he could do it any other weekend, I would help. So I just called Scott back. And, you know, this is where that connector heart is. I said, Scott, if you could have anyone in the world come, who would you ask? And he said, well, you know, I've got all these kids coming. I want Justin Bieber or Kanye West. (laughs) He said and that? N- no small order, right? I said, give me 24 hours. When I moved out to California, one of the first places I went, I had friends that said, you need to go visit this church, Placerita Bible. You ever been there? Yeah, out in California? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's next to Masters, the Masters Master, University. It's out Santa Clarita, isn't it? Out yeah. There, but yeah. So I went, I met Adam Tyson, who's the pastor there. I met Brad Silverman, which eventually we would edit Run the Race, the yeah, movie I produced. I remember that name. At Kappa Studios that Brad owns. I mean, I just met all these people that God would use in my life at a barbecue they had. Uh, I I knew that Adam was the one who had led Kanye to the Lord, so I called Adam and said, Hey, crazy request. Any chance Kanye would consider doing a student uh, retreat in Pigeon Forge? He said, I don't know. I'll be with him tonight. Let me ask. He was able to connect Kanye with Scott, and he came up, and there were nineteen thousand kids at this event in Pigeon Forge last January, where Kanye did one of his Sunday services. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the level of humility that Kanye West had there uh, let it, it clued me in that what God is doing in this guy is legitimate. It's not just hype. He's not just you know. People accuse Trump of playing against Christians. That's not what's happening here. He he is legitimately seeking the Lord. He's a guy you should pray for. Yeah. Uh, he told Scott when they got on a phone call, "Pray for me because the people I'm ministering to are the Kardashians." Wow. Uh, would you please pray for me? Pray for me that I grow. I have areas I'm struggling in. There are things that are hard for me. It was insane, and and Scott told me, he said, you know, there was a guy a while back that someone said, man, I really wish Elvis would do this event. Elvis <laughs> didn't do anything. He didn't know that. He just called and said, hey, Elvis, any chance you'd do this thing? And Elvis said yes. Everybody wonder, how would you get Elvis here? He just asked. I really believe that if the Lord is in it, you don't have to force doors open. You don't even have to necessarily be connected. He'll take yeah. care of it. Well, that, so.
1: well, no, you're exactly right, and I think, you know, I think – um I, I I'll share a story with you real quick. And you, I know you can relate because uh, I think you, you got to do the same thing with Packer. I was over in uh, Amsterdam for Amsterdam 2000. And you know, I'm looking around this room. I I'm there. I don't know a lot of people there yeah. Leighton Ford, One of my mentors was there, but he was yeah. busy doing something. And so it was lunchtime and I wasn't really with anybody. And I look over there sitting at a table by himself as John Stott. <laughs> And I go over and I just say, um, wow, Dr. Stott, uh, my name's Doug McCary, and I'm from the U.S. Over in, uh, at the time, I think I was in uh, Texas, maybe. Uh, Yeah, I was in Texas. And I said, um, can can I just grab a few minutes with you? And he said, sure. Are you going to eat or you just want to talk? And I said, well, I'd come to eat, but I'd rather talk yeah. with you and really have you talk. I don't want to talk. I yeah. just want to come and kind of yeah. spend a few minutes with you. And he said, sit down. We talk for an hour. Yeah. He gave me an hour, and yeah. there was nobody, nobody else went up. There was yeah. all these people sitting around him, but nobody asked him. And and you're right. A lot of times, it's just asking. Yeah. And we get guests on the program here a lot of times. I just call people and ask yeah. them to be on. Yeah. And they're like, sure, why not? Yeah. Because I think... We fall much under the celebrity thing with people, and we're afraid to ask, and we forget that the greatest celebrity of all is God, and he knows, and he moves people
2: the way he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe some of it's a gift. You know, Paul doesn't list connecting as a spiritual gift, but (laughs) I believe it is. Uh, I think some of it's faith. Yeah. And I think when I moved out to California, um, God did so much to grow my faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, There were scenarios. I have a good friend who his parents live on the north side uh, here in town. John Herrett's known by, like, almost half of Jacksonville seems to know John Herrett. John moved out to Burbank when we moved out there. Mm -hmm. And he brought this uh, RV with his two giant dogs. And, you know, he gets out there, and he parks in the parking lot across the street from our apartment. And on the way driving this RV, and there's no way this RV should have made it, first of all. But he makes it out there, and the generator died like the day before he got out there and he got out there in august he's got these dogs living in this thing and i'm just thinking these dogs are gonna die john's gonna have a stroke and then i gotta tell his parents and he said man i don't know what i'm gonna do and i'm thinking i don't have money i mean i just moved to plant a church i have no money but i can't let my friend die and i said i don't even know where to get a generator and he said well let's go to home depot the cheapest one was five hundred dollars and I'm standing there and I'm thinking, how do I tell Rachel I spent $500 on a generator, the money that we don't have, yeah. but how do I let my friend potentially die or his dogs die? So I just put it on the credit card. We go back. We get it in the RV. We're walk. I'm walking back across the street trying to figure out how I'm going to tell my wife. You know how this is. You spent money you know you're not supposed to spend. I walk up to our mailbox, open it. Inside our mailbox is a letter from some friends of ours from Jacksonville. They had bought a used expedition a few years earlier and sold it and made $521.49 with with tax was almost to the penny, the exact same amount that I just paid for that generator. Like God just did so many things like that to increase my faith that when it's like, hey, should we ask this person to do this thing? Well, if he's not supposed to do it, he won't do it. And if he is, then nothing's going to happen. They'll stop it.
1: Yeah, that's one of the most important principles, I think, As you... As you serve in ministry, you realize if a connection closes yeah. and you're seeking God's will, you mm-hmm. should be happy it's closing if yeah. it closes because he knows what he wants to do. But a lot yeah. of times we allow our personal plans yeah. Yeah. to go over God's plans. Yeah. Anyway, we got to go to our first break. Hey, uh, you're listening to uh, uh, His Light Um, Doug McCary from His Light I got a little confused there because I'm not usually used (laughs) to doing this Taylor does this anyway you're listening to SWAT Radio and uh, we're going to be back with Trey Brunson and Trey is the multi-site pastor at 1122 he's also an author and when we come back we're going to talk about his book on manhood when we come back uh, in just a minute on SWAT Radio stay tuned
0: at www.astore.com.
2: There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good
1: SWAT Radio is Doug McCary. That was Rescuer. Man, I love that song. It's great to have a rescuer. I, this morning, Trey, I taught on Hebrews chapter 10, mm-hmm. verses 26 through 39, specifically the fourth warning there about apostates.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I want to get into your book, but one of the things that was really troubling to me a week ago, a couple of weeks ago I was in Louisiana speaking, and as I was speaking over there, there's they have all these pictures of guys On the wall that have spoken there. My picture's on there. I've spoken there before at this particular uh, gathering. Mm -hmm. One of the guys was a PK guy. (laughs) Okay. And um, unfortunately, my people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Twenty five years in ministry, this guy threw away on prostitutes. Oh, man. And he spoke there just a couple of years ago. So this was going on while he's doing it. And I was talking this morning about Bron Clifford and uh, Chuck Templeton that if anybody, if you've been in ministry in any length of time, you know, most people that listen don't know about those guys. Yeah. But those two guys were contemporaries with Billy that went off the radar because they were apostates or at least perceived apostates. Yeah. As a guy, you did the pastor's conference here year after year after year for many years. 13 years, man. Where you would invite speakers in, you would mm-hmm. see people, you know, because we were talking about John, Chris struggling, and uh, yeah. there, there are a lot of people. Uh, and Steve Ferrar told me this a long time ago. He said, "Good speakers are a dime a dozen in the Christian community. Yeah, people that burn for Jesus. Yeah, when they burn for Jesus, they're hard to find. Yeah. And he said, people who burn for Jesus don't burn out because it's the Holy Spirit in them. Yeah." And I just wonder, uh, have you seen that increasing? Because you, I know you were at Southeast. You deal out up there, and you were uh, by the seminary. You were. I, I just, I feel like that's happening more and more. And I don't know if it's social media related or if it's just more exposed. What you, you got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. What's funny is uh, Bron Clifford and uh, Chuck Templeton. Those were the the opening chapters of um, Farrar's book. Uh, uh yeah, one that was it point man, was it point man or our, Point Man our anchor,
1: or our uh anchor he, he both, he's both got of us so know many, him and love no him. I know but he's got so many books I can't ever get them. <laughs> yeah. If it's point man, point man's his most famous yeah. or, or not famous, but it's most read book. Yeah. But he did another one uh about Daniel and I can't yeah. remember what that one's called, but he yeah, but he he used that in there. I've forgotten yeah. he did that. Yeah,
2: and I, that's where I had first read the story. I knew the Chuck Templeton story, but I did not know Bron Clifford. That's not a name that anybody seems to know anymore. No. Um, I was blown away. by these two guys were crushing it in ministry and were, like, heads and shoulders above Billy Graham and then because of alcoholism in Bron's life yeah. and in Chuck Templeton's life. He, he just, just became an doubt. atheist. Yeah, yeah he I mean, just—, just Chuck, the how do we know? I mean, I remember Billy Graham in a video saying, him asking, how can you know for sure? Um, you know, I think it's it was a different stress then. It may be social media. And the answer is, yeah, I mean, I'm there's so many names that are coming to mind right now and so many stories that are just sad, whether they're people walking away, apostate or um, – it, it threw me for a loop when Jared Wilson took his life. You know, this oh, guy yeah, who I, I remember has that. a ministry to people who struggle with depression or thinking about taking their lives, the, the guy who's running the ministry for it. I just think that people are disconnected from actual community. So, so it's one thing to have a Bible, to read it, to know it. You cannot be faithful if you're disconnected from community. God's designed us to be mm-hmm. in life with other people. And I think social media has given us a fake version of that. So to your point, I think social media, maybe it's pressure from social media, but I think so many people are so disconnected from somebody seeing and knowing them, mm-hmm. which is a big part of why uh, the author of Hebrews is writing to them. That's one of the warnings there. Um they're just not connected. Mm-hmm. If you're not connected to people, the things in your life, you have things in your life that the Holy Spirit is working on and they need to be worked out. And so do I. Mm-hmm. And if I get to a place where I feel like I can open God's word and I don't need anybody to tell me what to do, I've set myself up for very dangerous things to happen physically and spiritually in my life because of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I've known enough guys who have made horrific. Decisions in their family lives, in their ministry lives, but it's been a part of God drawing him back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is that people are disconnected from community, which I would I would say it's not just a warning to pastors. Oh, it's a warning to everybody. Yeah, anybody who professes a a
1: love for Christ or to walk with Him. Yeah. But you know, the thing that's you know, I have a friend named uh, Kenny. Who says, well, you may know, you know, Kenny Luck out in California, but do you know, Kenny I know that name, yeah. all right. Kenny says isolation kills, yeah. connection conquers. Yeah. And, and, and the reason is we all need a wingman. We all yeah. need a battle buddy, you yeah. know? And I believe one of the things, in fact, I was talking to my wife earlier today yeah. and we were just talking about how people are saying, I'm so lonely right now, mm-hmm. depression right yeah. now because yeah. of COVID yeah. and the the, the lack of assembling of believers to encourage and be around yeah. each other has really been detrimental to, I think, the church yeah. as a whole.
2: You yeah. know, Yeah, Joby said the other day, I can't remember if it was this sermon from this last Sunday, or he recorded a sermon on Tuesday for Biltmore Baptist in Asheville. So in one of those two sermons, I'm getting a lot of sermons <laughs> yeah. from Joby right now. He said, gross things grow in the dark. Mm -hmm. And that phrase, I don't know, will ever leave me. What is it that I'm hiding that I don't have in community to talk? Here's the thing. If we're all sinners saved by grace, there's nothing in your life that's going to throw me off. Mm Mm-hmm. That's because right, because we're all broken, right? And I needed grace for my sin. I need grace every day for my sin. So, so you don't have anything in your life that's going to intimidate me or push me away. So how about let's walk through the grace we both have and we both need to experience the hope and the healing that is there for us?
1: Well, that's like in Hebrews 4.16. I said uh, the other day at Swat, when it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy yeah. and find gra- mm-hmm. grace to help. What? In time of need. Yeah. Well, when do we need him? Yeah. When we blow it. Yeah. See, that's what. so me- – I told a guy this today. I said, you know, our failing doesn't mean we're failures. Yeah. But failing is what God used, like you just said in John yeah. Chris' life, to bring him back. I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. Now, but there are people yeah. that it drives them away. Why? Yeah. Because they they wallow in self pity and they. I've actually had guys tell me, and you may have had this too. They say, you know what? I, I, what I've done is unredeemable.
2: Yeah. And nothing is unredeemable. Yeah. But that's hard in that moment. Uh, you feel like. There's no recovery from this. Like yeah. I, I've tanked the plane into the side of the mountain. Right. There is no coming back, and that's why it's so important that you have community before it gets bad. Yeah, uh, you can't see through the fog sometimes. Sometimes yeah. the birds hit the engine, right? <laughs> yeah, that's your story. Yeah. or the so- person they hit you
1: and they, they <laughs> incapacitate you. You know, and you sit there and you're stunned. Yeah, and that's and that's why you're right. It yeah. is so important to have somebody to be able to say, you know what, you're going to get through this. We'll get through this together. And, um, you know, I I do want to go to your book, Why Manhood Journey, right?
2: Didn't you write that book? Kent Evans wrote the book. Okay. And Kent Evans, I connected him to you. I think he was on the show a while back. Now, I helped Kent with some of the Okay,
1: okay, because I know that you were associated with it. Yes. But we're all about manhood. We're all about guns, and we're all about (laughs) uh, hunting and, and, you know, going out there and yeah. uh doing manly things yeah. in fact there's a book i don't you know this guy who wrote this manly things book is yellow have you ever seen the one yeah. i'm talking about yeah uh i can't think of the guy's name i'll i'll get it on the break but i think we've lost some of that in our culture yeah i, I, I think we've lost some of because you've even got the the united nations now tweeting about patriarchy and the problems with patriarchy as if it's yeah. bad to have masculinity, and yeah. you hear toxic masculinity. Yeah. And isn't that all through the Bible that we are to be men? When, yeah. when Paul says yeah. act like men, isn't that what yeah. he's saying? Be the, the person God yeah. created you to be?
2: Yeah. There's so much of our culture that's tried to clean things up, sanitize things instead of lean into them. Lean into. Like if, if you've got boys, lean into that. Like yeah. it's funny to me. We, we have uh, four kids, one on the way. Uh, Wyatt's seven, Judah's five, Scout's three, Rivers is 20 months old. Judah, my five year old, has yeah. more energy than the others combined. <laughs> and uh, it was like first kid at this school. There was a priest. Well, with a name like Judah, what are you? Yeah, expect, Ju- right? Judah Knox. I named yeah. him after John Knox. I wanted him to be a warrior. Yeah. You know, it's the selfish things as a dad. I prayed, God, please give me an offensive lineman. And I, I think I got it in Judah. He's big, he's crazy. Uh, he's probably going to be a linebacker if he's uh, that crazy. But, um, he was the first kid kicked out of this preschool. He'd been going for 31 oh, right. years. Yeah. And it was he, he got outside. I had all these questions. You're kicking him out because somebody wasn't watching him? I mean, I, I okay. was a little okay. more angry. Okay, so let me give you a
1: little encouragement. <laughs> I got kicked out of the nursery for biting other kids' ears. Okay? So, yeah. so
2: that's a good sign. He's yeah. got
1: some fight in him, right? But,
2: you know, our culture teaches you, you better rein that in instead of... That's part of how God made him. He's a little boy. He needs to get his energy out. And so I love to take Judah and just go do wild and crazy things with him because that's how God made his heart. And if we try and sanitize everything, Man, you're gonna miss out on so much of the beauty of how God created us to be. We're each different, we're each unique. My kids are so different. I have to discipline them differently, I have to spend special time with them differently, especially having one daughter, you know, you know, a scout has my heart already wrapped around her little finger. She is so different from those boys, and that's by God's design. Herschel York is uh, the preaching professor at Southern Seminary, and he's the pastor of Buck Run Baptist Church. And he told me one time he brings the little boys up on Sunday morning, and he has them say, I'm a little boy. God made me to be a boy for his glory. And he has the little girls come up. I'm a little girl. God made me to be a girl for his glory. God made them different for a reason, by design. And we've lost that in a lot of this cultural debate today about uh, sexual orientation and how we have to celebrate anyone being anyone they want. to. Be.
1: Well, even even if we don't go into the transgender There's just a lot of unisex stuff to get away from godly roles. So, hey, we're going to come back and have more conversation with Trey Brunson. And uh, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I want to give a quick shout-out to all of our listeners up in Virginia who are listening on The Lighthouse up there and in Meridian, Mississippi, on WMER. Thank you for listening. And uh, folks up in Folkestone, Georgia, thank you for tuning in today. We will be right back after the news on the half hour. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I have in the studio today Trey Brunson. Let me just tell you, you know, I I, I just kind of got into conversation uh, with Trey. Trey has been a pastor in Texas, Florida, California, as you've probably heard. If you've heard anything, he is uh, was the director of communications up at Southeast Christian, uh, up in Louisville, which is one of the largest churches in the country. Yeah, it's it's, it's massive. Uh, He was executive producer for the film Run the Race. I want to talk about that just a second because I love the movie. Um, Went to Dallas Baptist. My son went there for a year. uh, And I think, was he there with you or were you after? I think he he was there
2: right after I left.
1: Okay, and you were there with McIntyre, right? When Jake, yeah. yeah, y'all were there together. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, JK.
2: changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> good or bad? Yeah, well, 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 depends again, on the bad. day. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, he was uh, First Baptist uh, in Dallas. Who was yeah. the pastor at First Baptist when you were there? My dad. Oh, he was okay. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, here, and then, uh, he planted a church in California, which that had to be really interesting. Oh, uh,
2: amazing. I, I look back. I love those guys. Uh, Matt was actually in town. I planted with a couple of guys. Uh, Matt was here two, three weeks ago, man, it's a joy to think back on all God did in my heart, my life, how much he grew me in that season. Like I said, faith uh really grew in that season you had to trust the lord yeah. it's wild to be in an area that you know you feel it you sense it dominated by the enemy mm. and oh it,
1: well it is it's like going to russia when yeah. i used to go to russia you'd get off the plane yeah.
2: you could feel the darkness yeah. when you actually took a step yeah. off the yeah. plane yeah that spiritual warriors piece yeah it takes on a whole nother level when you're in a place like that that it it feels like it's occupied
1: that's like going into vegas too same yeah? thing it's oh, yeah. very very similar to that well and uh, then he was up at Southern mm-hmm. uh, Seminary and, mm-hmm. uh, and like we said, married to Rachel, four kids. And I want to talk about Run the Race because yeah. that was an interesting story yeah. because um, you were the executive producer.
2: Yeah.
1: How did the movie get in front of the Tebos to be able to yeah. sponsor? Because weren't they yeah. the kind of the, – didn't they help make that thing possible? One of the main funding yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: partners. So um robbie and i were good friends he was over northeast florida fca mm-hmm. um, back when i was on staff at first baptist early on and um i'm trying to, we we were in a meeting one time and he was talking to me about the gator bowl breakfast fca used to host i don't know if they still do the gator bowl breakfast and he was complaining how much it cost them i mean it was like their whole operating budget to do that one event and i said dude bring it downtown to first baptist i will i will cut the cost out for you we will do that thing for cheap which Selfishly, I'm thinking I get to hang out with both of these college football teams. I'm a big football fan, uh, but I got to help a friend out and Robbie and I, I think it was for uh, one of the Gator Bowl breakfasts. We were running over to Publix to grab something. And I just started telling him about this project that Jake and I had been praying about, dreaming about. And I said, do you got a couple minutes to look at something? Jake and I had made a concept trailer. It was like a six minute video of what it could look like if someone gave us the money to make the movie. And I showed it to Robbie in the parking lot in Riverside at that Publix. Yeah, he's watching this video. He starts crying. And he says, "We got to show this to Tim." So Jake and I flew out to LA. This was uh, Tim was out there training. I forget. I think it was in between Denver and uh, maybe maybe New England or Denver and and uh, um, Philadelphia. I can't remember where he was training in between teams at that point in time. And we go into his office, his lawyer's office. We sit down at this table, and Jake and I just pitched him. He starts crying, like hearing the story. Tivo does, right? Yeah. Kim? Wow. Yeah, and he said, "If you guys can give me, you know, an hour and a half of that on film, I'm all in." God had also connected us to a guy named Bill Reeves. Bill Reeves is now the president of K-Love. Okay. Uh, but he had a company. Uh, I joke with Bill all the time. He sold. The company had working title agency WTA Group to K Love, and then they hired him as president. I said, you sold your company to yourself? I mean, that, I, don't, I don't know how you made that work, Bill. But how'd you pull that one off? <laughs> so now he's the uh, director of the board for his previous company, while he's the president of K Love. Wow! Um, but they do all of the advertising promotions for faith-based films. The Kendrick brothers, the Irwin brothers, they work with them on all their films. When we connected with Tim and Bill Reeves, it was like lightning in a bottle. Like It just happened at that point in time. Bill brought the right people to the table, and it was a prayer. Same thing, faith. It was a prayer that Jake and I had had for 14, 15 years. Mm -hmm. God, you gave us this story. What do you want us to do with it? And there were several times that it was, if I do nothing with it, will you trust me that I called you to steward this story? We had people who offered us a lot of money to buy the story. Uh, We just never felt right. And God brought the right people to the table. And I think it's an unbelievably well shot. It's a beautiful film. Oh, it's a great, it's a
1: great movie.
2: So many things that came together. So many people whose lives have been impacted. It's just, uh, again, stories of you trust God, you follow him. It may not make sense. I'm here right now. I'm on staff at 1122. The way all that came together, another story of faith, just trusting God, following God, and him doing what only he can do. Yeah, he's just leading you around
1: the country, man, to California, yeah. to Louisville, and yeah. back to Jacksonville. Yeah.
2: And uh,
1: and growing your family at the same time, yeah, right? I know. I know. Yeah. Continuing to grow. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was thinking uh, about that film and how much. I mean, I know we had you and Jake on a couple yeah. of times to talk yeah. before. And after and it yeah. was really well done and I didn't I never really knew how that you got the T involved. I knew yeah. you were somehow connected yeah. to it, yeah. but I just didn't know yeah. how you yeah. got them involved in that story. Yeah. So yeah. If
2: you have faith in Hollywood they'll call you an executive producer. <laughs> so that's how that's how that translates. You can well, make stuff happen.
1: Well, you know, um <laughs> one of the things another person that you and I um, have a connection to is tommy nelson
2: oh my goodness
1: tommy yeah. is up there in my top five of yeah. pastors uh, yeah. I, I just shepherds because I, I tommy's never compromised and i don't know if you remember this back in 2000 in uh 15 16 2000 for the election right right yeah. before the election yeah. tommy did something he's never done in all the years of pastoring yeah. he preached a message about the political process, yeah. and why it was so important to vote. to vote. I remember. And it was one of the sixth most influential factors in the whole country in the election. Huh. Did you know that? No, I didn't, Th- but I'm was, not surprised. It went viral. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, well, it went viral, and we had him on after yeah. that and had him talking about why it was so important. I think this election, it's yeah. even more important for the Absolutely. same thing he said. Yeah. And, you know, I've had several Christians ask, Trey, um, about, well, why should we vote? You know, yeah. we just believe in the kingdom. We are, you know, we I know what I think. I, I, I know what I believe about the whole process, but have you encountered that at Southeast did you encounter that up there cuz we live right now in a very tumultuous time politically. Yeah. There's a lot of political division, yeah. a lot of socioeconomic division, a lot of racial sure. division or I yeah. would say ethnic division. Yeah. Um anyway, have you how are you seeing that handled and weigh in on that cuz you and I both know Tommy and Tommy yeah. didn't he doesn't yeah. pull any punches, man. Yeah.
2: Um man, there are few fewer people that I could think of in my life who've meant more to me than my dad and Tommy Nelson. I always get asked, you know, who are, who are your, you know, heroes? Who are your mentors? My dad and Tommy Nelson, two men who believe the Bible, teach the Bible, given their life to the Bible, and they're faithful. Yes. Yeah, I don't worry that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and hear that Tommy Nelson had an affair or that Mac Brunson, you know, has squandered money from the church somehow. Like, I, I know that those are men who believe it and they live it. Uh, and it's given me a pretty high standard of, I want to make sure that my life is lived for the Word of God, under the Word of God. So, yeah. Um,
1: and I'm gonna throw Johnny Mack in there too because yeah. he's, 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 he's he's standing up. He, he's he's doing a pretty big thing too. Yeah. But they. But but you know what? With Tommy, like you going back to what you said, he believes that God's Word reigns supreme over everything. Like your dad, oh, like yeah. Tommy, like a yeah. John MacArthur and stuff. Yeah. And we live in a time where yeah. we're not seeing that that yeah. much people are compromising. So why should people vote now?
2: Yeah, well, I I have been blessed the last two weeks to listen to the briefing. I listen to Al Moeller's briefing every morning. I mean, it's how I I put it on, set it on top of the little ledge, the shower at the place we're staying right now. And uh, I listen to that while I take a shower every morning. And Moeller has gotten to one of the things he mentioned last week, the appointment of judges, how important it is, um, the appointment of judges. And, you know, I, I love people on on both sides of this, Republicans, Democrats, I, I love people. If, if you are a follower of Jesus, you should have a heart for people, no matter uh, their sexual preference, no matter their political preference. You should love people, uh, partly because we believe that the gospel changes everyone. Yeah. Um, and you have no clue who's going to be a Saul that becomes a Paul. So I think I got that level of faith drilled <laughs> yeah. into me from friends I've seen change. <laughs> yeah. But Moeller talked about how you see uh, in the last couple of weeks, Trump has given a list of The people that he would appoint actual names of people that he would appoint to be judges Uh, and and, in the the spectrum of judges, not just Supreme Court judges, but judges across uh, the board that he can appoint. Uh, Mueller pointed out, and I thought this was interesting, he said that Biden has not given a list of names. He's given a description. Um, I'm going to appoint an African-American woman, which is. Part of this is that identity politics that you are playing to um, who it could be, but you can't tell us who it is. I I think that says something that I'm worried about. Who would you appoint that these are the people who are going to make the major decisions for our country, for for our world? I'm concerned that you're giving me a description, but you can't give me a name. Um, Mueller pointed out that tells you something about this person. Your vote this coming election will determine... Where things go just in, who are our Supreme Court justices going to be? There's a lot of them that are going to be replaced in the next four years. And, and not to mention the other
1: positions, the yes. appellate courts
2: and the yeah. district
1: courts. It is That's probably one of the most influential thing a president does, yes. is to appoint those judges. And
2: I don't know that most people think about how important that is, but I, I have been blown away by how much Trump stuck to his word on who he would appoint into those positions. The men that are there now, pretty encouraging. Well, it is, and it, and I think it is making a difference. You
1: know, yeah. one of the things that John MacArthur brought up uh, in a sermon last week, and we got to go to our last break, but and I we'll will come back to this, and yeah. I I want you to weigh in on this too. Is used to be used to have to be a believer to hold office. Yeah. Now, yeah. the leaders in our country, we don't just have leaders who aren't believers; they are hostile. Yeah. To Christianity, yeah, and they're passing laws like in California yeah, that they're... actually lessen the offense for people that are pedophilia or yeah, uh, yeah. pedophiles. I ten mean, years, yeah, yeah, the the pedophiles, and yeah. they're they're doing stuff like that, and yeah. and 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 I think God, yeah. throughout Scripture, yeah. has not done very well with nations that do those kind of things. Yeah, and so when we come back, I, yeah. I want to kind of drill into that a little bit, and we'll yeah. hear a little bit more about. What else God's doing in Trey Brunson's life, okay? Come on. Hey, you're listening to uh, SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary. I have Trey Brunson from the Church of 1122,
0: the multi-site pastor. We'll be right back with the last segment on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
1: Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. We are back on SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder, and all my hope, I hope yours is like his in Jesus. Um, no other place to be, you know. Um, Trey, we were we were just talking uh, before we went to the break about this idea of. I, I think it's just the idea of countries being accountable, leaders being accountable. I, I think we live in a time where people think they can just choose to do whatever they want to do, independent of God and His created order. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, and what what Johnny Mack said last week, which I think is true, is if the the Bible is full of examples of how God wiped out nations yeah. who did abhorrent things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and as the church universal i think we've been swept up into a lot of this cultural stuff to where we resemble the culture more Mm -hmm. than we impact not every church Mm -hmm. but but as a whole and and i think this is a very important time for christians to stand would you agree
2: yeah yeah do you know leonard ravenhill is oh yeah
1: i've I've known him for a long time i've read he's an old dead guy i call him the old dead guy
2: Uh, but he's he's an old dead guy whose words are are just as relevant today as they ever have been he did a radio show ironically uh back i'd say it had to be the late 80s early 90s where someone asked him the question is america too young to die Mm -hmm. now as a new believer i had a friend who gave this on a cd to me to listen to and i remember then thinking we have such a short view of history that nations have risen and fallen they're not there empires gone that weren't there yeah why wouldn't we be potentially on that list um It's a scary thing. I mean, Jonathan Edwards, author of Hebrews, scary thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Oh, my gosh. Um, God, at some point, will remove his hand of blessing and grace and allow you to have. I mean, that's turn you over. That's a scary phrase, you know, where they say we're going to turn this person over to Satan. Mm -hmm. That's a scary thing. And I think um, we have benefited from the faith of our forefathers in a lot of ways that – I keep praying and I I have hope. I'm an optimist. You know, I have a friend that did a personality test with me a couple weeks back. And on the scale of like criticality or optimism, I'm a nine and a half (laughs) on the optimism side, like almost off the charts. I have hope because I look at my kids, I look at the next generation, high schoolers, college age kids that I know right now. I think there's a hunger for the Lord. I was on a phone call with a guy who was at the church in in, uh, Burbank on Monday. And he told me, he said in his prayer time, he really feels like the Lord has been telling him there's a revival coming. I pray that's true. Mm. And I believe that there's a generation who's going to rise up, and they're going to just – let's just address the logical um, nature of what's insane in our culture. That you think you can just say you are this or you aren't that. Like, that you deny what has been historic, scientific, genetic – like, I I just – I think there's going to be a generation that's going to grow up and say, what made you think this is okay? What made you think, Netflix, it's okay to put a special out encouraging pedophilia? What makes you think that this is okay to go against what has been historic norms everywhere there's for, a press, th- for thousands, thousands, of thousands of years? Of years yeah. and, and and see, here's the thing. I I
1: really believe young people are hungry yeah. to say those things and yeah. have men yeah. teach yeah. Their young men and women yeah. teach the young women yeah. the the truth. Yeah, not not some they they want authenticity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Ravenhill, he he one of the favorite books was "Why Revival?" Terry's, and I yeah. remember you know one of the quotes uh, that I remember from him is you know when when a man is intimate with God. Mm-hmm. He's not intimidated by any man.
2: Yeah, he was not intimidated by no, any man. No.
1: Yeah. Well, no. And I was thinking back to what you said earlier in the first part of our program is why should you be intimidated to go and ask anybody anything if you yeah. think you're doing what God might want you to yeah. do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you're, yeah. if, if, I mean, people are people, the greatest preacher in the world yeah is the servant of the Most High God. And guess yeah. what? You are too, yeah. if you're his, right? Yeah. So so to go up to somebody now, you and I both know, because yeah. we've been around a lot of conferences, yeah. that there are some people who believe, there are some yeah. who they're blindsided or, or they're blinded sometimes to think that they are the, I mean, they're not just the instrument, but they're yeah. the author. Yeah. And yeah. God has a way yeah. of dealing with that. Oh, and yeah. he's done it over and over and over and that that scares me and i i know it probably scares you because you've seen it happen a lot yeah and my wife told me a long time ago doug those are warning signs every time you see that john chris yeah just to mention him and 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 others they're warning signs yeah that that like the road is you know the road's out up here you don't want to keep going down this road yeah
2: Yeah. um so we got enough examples of how to blow out uh, one of the last things I did for my dad, he's doing that daily devotional. I, I, I got this in my, you know, you and I, we both love reading the Bible in the morning. It's been a blessing to me to read through the Bible every year for the last eight or nine years. Isn't that awesome? It, wait,
1: just tell people that yeah.
2: real quick. Yeah. Because I was
1: with a, a guy the other day who was struggling to think that it was, he, he's 70. Yeah. And he was thinking... I, I you know I don't need I don't have time to spend that
2: much time reading. How long does it take you to read through the Bible in a year? Fifteen, maybe thirty minutes in a morning. Now and and I would say thirty because I'd like highlight I mean I got a whole system down. <laughs> Tommy Nelson actually told me a few years ago, he said you should read through a Bible every year. Buy one in December, read through it that next year and give it away as a Christmas gift to a guy you're discipling so i started a few years ago i was doing that i was giving them out like the first few years what a Guys, great to idea, man! On.
1: that's right I, he did he did say yeah. that didn't he and so, so you
2: highlight all through it right? oh yeah i mean you can see man i'm I, notes all in here if i preach sermons all that's in here I, I print out like here's a list of the kings in the old testament so i started a few years ago setting the bibles aside for my kids when they turn 18 to give them when they go to college or whatever what a know? great idea
1: that, tell everybody that again, yeah. So if, in case they yeah. just caught that. So, so
2: this Bible I'm reading right now, this year, I will give to Scout, my daughter, when she turns 18. So I, I've been doing this. I've got one for Wyatt, one for Judah, uh, one for Rivers. Rivers' middle name is Haddon. And so I was reading through a Spurgeon Bible last year. And so I <laughs> you know, I, I came back around to Scout, got a little more girly of a Bible for her, and for the baby that Rachel's pregnant with. I'll read one next year for that baby, and I'll set it aside for them to have when they turn 18. That's a great um, idea. I really like that. But the last thing, my dad asked me to do this devotional. He does these mornings with Mac. And I just began to notice, and you may have seen this. I may be an idiot, and this the first time to <laughs> jump off page of me. The last, uh, from 2 Samuel 11 until the end of the chapter, it's five blowouts in the life of David. And then he dies. I mean, you've got Bathsheba, his sexual sin. Then you get to Tamar and and his son, where he's neglecting his responsibilities. And then you turn and it's Absalom. He's got this... Enemy in his life, someone who's opposing him. Uh, then you get into uh, uh, Zeba and you get into the giants that are still in the land, and all of these professional problems that he has. All the way at the end, uh, you come up to uh, in chapter twenty-four his personal sin that he hasn't addressed. Mm. Like there, there are there are a ton of ways you can blow out your life spiritually. Um, and it seems like more and more people are doing that. For one, we talked about earlier, not having people in your life, but not having the word in your life. And that's been the thing. I just feel like for whatever reason, those five things, that message, five, I call them five problems, pitfalls, and painful realities every Christian faces. Wow. They're that's all good. because David got away from his time with the Lord, his time in the word. And um, and, and he was a man who loved God. Yeah. I mean, this is not somebody who was a superficial believer. No, no.
1: He, but but I, you know what? One of the most striking things about David's life to me is when it says right before he fell with Bathsheba, yeah. it says at the time where kings go went to war. to war or go to war, he wasn't at war. Mm-mm. He was sitting back where yeah. he wasn't with his men. Yeah. He was back. Yeah. All of his buddies, yeah. Yeah. all of the mighty men were out there yeah. Yeah. doing what they were supposed to be doing.
2: Yeah. And did he wasn't. bring all this back around to Ravenhill. I've been to his house. I've been to where his, his grave is. I've been to his, his house. Yeah, out in Tyler, Texas. There there are grooves in the floor from where this guy would get out of his bed and pray every day. Like the wood in the floor is warped from where he would pray. Uh you know, he can make a, a statement like that. Because he was with the Lord. And he didn't. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't intimidated. I feel like, you know, MacArthur and a lot of these guys, what they're saying right now is, hey, Christian, spend time with the Lord. When you spend time with the Lord, you're not afraid of what's happening. Around you. I've heard Tommy Nelson say this a thousand times. If you got a Bible, you can go in a cave and come out 10 years later and you can tell us exactly where culture is because the scriptures <laughs> are going to show us, they're going to teach us.
1: Nothing's changed Yeah, in thousands of years. We're still dealing yeah.
2: with the same stuff. Yeah. Isn't that funny? You want to get healthy? You start eating healthier things. You start getting healthy habits in your life. Spiritually, you want to get healthy? Get in the word. Get with the people of God. Start praying. And you know what? You're going to start doing things by faith. Mm -hmm. Your life is going to change because you are with the Lord and you have this encouraging, bubbling up faith, the Holy Spirit inside of you bubbling up. I loved it saturated last week. I heard this over and over and over again. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Yeah, The power that resurrected Jesus from the grave is inside of you, is inside of me. What can happen? I don't know but I, I, if we started believing that I think it would be wild but we would see happen.
1: Yeah, I was talking to a guy the other day. I said this is the you know a lot of sometimes our praise songs were like Lord pour more of your spirit down. We have all yeah. of his spirit yeah. in us. Yeah. The problem is we don't yield to it. Yeah. We we don't yield yeah. our flesh to his spirit and ask yeah. him fill me, fill me, fill me. Yeah. How do we get filled? You spend time in his word, yeah. and you spend time in his presence. Yeah. And Tozier did it. Yeah. L- Raven Hill did it. Yeah. These men used to prone out yeah. seven hours a day. And, man, yeah. I can't believe it. We're already out of time, man. And yeah, not that yeah. hard to believe? That's how what happens when I'm with you. We just get going,
2: and, man, the time flies. <laughs> well, that means you're going to
1: have to come back, okay? <laughs> hey, listen, if you want to listen to this or any past program, go to SWATradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com and click on the past programs or just scroll down and you can see them all there. You can listen to this program or any of the past ones. We're going to be back tomorrow kind of, again, going over a little review of Hebrews as we get ready to go into what is an apostate next week. Trey, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for a having Blessings me. to you and Rachel, and I'm so glad you're here and we will be spending time together, brother, okay? I'm pumped. Okay. I'm pumped. Hey, thanks for listening. We will be back tomorrow on SWAT Radio. I hope you have a good Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow.